1: Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Today, how do we start the show? Well, folks, guess what? Guess what I see here? Uh, Michael Rudnan says fast food workers are on strike today across the country. They are on strike across the country. Well, folks, you know what? Uh, that is a good thing. Fight for $15 right now. That is a good thing. He also said, meantime, sign and share. So, folks, if you are not currently in our uh, in our feed, please go ahead and go to our feed, the main feed for politicsandright.com, which is at facebook.com slash politicsandright, so that you can go ahead and sign that petition. How far gone do you have to be to try to kidnap a politician? The pro-Trump, uh, this is from uh, Rudnan. He always gives us a little starter and I think for somebody who does as much research as our brother here, it's worth reading some of what he's putting out there for all of us to see. But it's a good one. The pro-Trump mob that stormed the U.S. Capitol last week aimed to capture and assassinate elected officials, federal prosecutors said in court documents. Strong evidence, including Crassley own's word, Chancellors own words, and actions at the Capitol, supports that the intent of the Capitol rioters was to capture and assassinate. Elected officials. I'm not going to read any more of it because you can go ahead and read that, folks. But that is what we're talking about, and we're going to hear if <clears throat> one of our politicians point out an, an, un, an inconvenient truth about what's going on in here. So, anyhow, let's talk about what the program is going to be about today. Let's talk about what the program is going to be about today, and let me go ahead and put that up on the screen. Oh, it's already on the screen. Uh, The program about today is Congressman to GOP, Stop Lying, Confronting Some Truth About Racism and More. Jim Clyburn to Republicans, Tell the Truth, Stop Lying to the American People. Profiling, I want to talk a little bit about that. I think I want to, what I'm going to do, I think I'm going to start with Clyburn. Clyburn has two short pieces. And what I want to do with Clyburn is uh, show what he had to say about uh, some issues And then I'll tell my little piece and then we'll come back in again. So let's go ahead and listen to Brother Clyburn and then we'll take it on the other side.
2: Why would you have to beg people to tell the truth? I don't understand that. My Republican colleagues have a responsibility to this country's stability to tell the truth. Stop lying about this election. They know full well this election was not stolen. They know full well this was one of their own was in charge. And he has said it was the most secure election in the history of the country. And I feel that, having been subjected to bad elections in the past, this was not one of them. And so I think that they are encumbered from their duties and from their offices they hold to use their soapbox to tell people the truth and stop this lying, I don't know what the benefit is. This is Martin Luther King Jr. weekend's birthday. This is the weekend that we celebrate his birthday. And Martin Luther King Jr. told us in his letter from Birmingham City Jail that he was coming to the conclusion that the people of ill will in our society make a much better use of time than the people of goodwill. And it's time for the people of goodwill to stop being complicit, stop being silent. Silence gives consent. When you be silent about stuff like this, you are consenting. And King concluded his thought on that letter in that letter, saying that we are going to be made to repent, and not just for the vitriolic words and deeds of bad people, but for the appalling silence of good people. I plead to the good people in the Republican Party, to the good people uh, in this country, break your silence. Don't let this country come apart
1: based upon a lie. We spent a, a lot, lot of time, time deconstructing, deconstructing, deconstructing the news. Trying to Don't let this country come apart because of a lie. Uh, so the lie, the big lie is, of course, that somehow the election was a fraud. We all know the election was not a fraud, but uh, one of the things that we do is we refuse to tell ourselves the truth about what's happening in this country. And I tell you what, Clyburn in that same interview made some very important statements. I want to play that for you as well, and then we'll take it on the other side.
2: I think that we have some uh, sympathizers in the Congress uh, that probably ought not be there. Uh, there are two people who just got elected who identify with this QAnon group. Now we know that's a hate group, uh, and if they are there to represent their interests, then we need to be concerned about them. And I think that the law enforcement people need to pay close attention to them as well. Uh, I worked in state government. Uh, before I came uh, to Washington. Uh, Before that, I was in the governor's staff here in South Carolina back in the early 70s. And I'll tell you something. We knew uh, as much, if not more, about the Ku Klux Klan as they did about themselves, because we put in place mechanisms uh, in order to make sure that we stayed on top of them and we knew exactly what they were uh, thinking about doing before they ever decided to act upon it. That same thing can be done today. We have got to get serious about the fact that we, in this country, have a problem with domestic terrorism, domestic terrorism. We have never made that admission. It is time for us to come down off our high horse and admit that there is domestic terrorism in this country, and there is a way. To get to the bottom of it and they know uh, i know it uh, i've been a part of it uh, at the state level and a lot of them are much smarter than i am they can get to the bottom of this uh, at the uh, national level
1: yeah it it is amazing now um well let me welcome a few people that are currently here uh para ver para ver ver. welcome aboard michael radnan welcome aboard uh avq bridge mcp norman reynolds eric hayes uh let's see rich richie smith welcome aboard daniel ledo paul fleming welcome aboard okay I, let me before i go any further i think i want to i want to address something that um uh ledo just said because i think it's actually pretty important ledo just said um he said wow laughing out loudly Why so worried about QAnon, Clyburn? Because QAnon is real. QAnon is the psychological malpractice of the Republican Party paid for by, we know, different entities. But the idea is you make people so... Let Let me tell you something. In our family, right? I just realized that a goddaughter of mine is a QAnon fanatic. From the vaccines, to the masks, to the Trump adoration, all of that, she's into. I just learned that. Let me tell you something. It is important that we understand what's going on here. Because it is real. What you see happening with QAnon and what you see, uh, the, 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 mad, the, the way it's set up, right? Now, let me, let me tell you my, my theory right now on what Clyburn is talking about. Clyburn is trying to show that in America right now, we have a domestic terrorism issue. It is true. And it is, it is mostly performed by the white supremacists. But here's the kicker. They are a little bit more sophisticated than that. They have a few people that they get trapped into this QAnon alternate state of reality. And they have all those people march and do the crazy things. Inside of the, you're going to see this coming out. Inside of the Capitol, you had people with walkie-talkies and you had people doing all these things. Conv- telling, giving directions, keeping their face out of the limelight, but giving directions to the QAnon crazies. So in other words, they have these QAnon crazies doing all the dirty work for them, as everybody else go ahead about their business. So I think people, you know, at first I'll be frank, I was laughing at QAnon. It's like, who the hell's gonna believe that kind of stuff? Who gonna believe about eating babies? Who gonna believe about these crazy things? That, and then I realize that there is a there's a place for everybody. There is a place for everybody. And you know what? There are some people who believe that crap as well. And, you know, uh, Lee Grant, no, I guess QAnon is unpermitted uh, belief. No, 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 sir. Lee Grant, you can go and believe as much into QAnon as you want to believe. I really don't care. Uh, The the part that I care about is if QAnon starts to commit murder. If QAnon starts killing people. And what we saw is QAnon based on what they believe in, they feel they have reason to kill people. Because these people, in their, in their mythology, these people are killing kids. These people are pedophiles. That is what this movement is uh, trying to uh, tell these people. So a few days ago when we did the program, I said, you know what? Most people that you saw out there marching, honestly, they're not bad people. And I got a whole lot of flack, including some personal emails. Stop coddling those people, like to Stop coddling those people. They are evil. To which I answered to my friends. I said, look, they're not evil. They are simply misinformed. They are gullible. There's a difference. They are gullible. So it is important for us to, and, and, and just calling them evil again isn't the thing that's going to get us to, you know, I mean, Get us any kind of solution So that's not the issue But let me tell you what happened at the capital And th- this I put in the, in the message that I wanted to say At the capital A lot of people look at what's going on at the capital And they think Oh these people were great to get in You know what the capital proved once again The capital proved once again That profiling doesn't work Right Because when BLM was going to be out there marching They were prepared for BLM with the Uh with, with the National Guard and they were prepared with BLM with all these other facets of the military establishment. They were ready for them. But these QAnon people and these Trump insurrectionists you know what they look like right? They're not the people that we perceive as the ones that are going to blow stuff up or break things and and, 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 and irrationally go destroy things, that is the figment of one's imagination, right? That is what many were taught to believe, that the people that do harm and do damage have a tendency to look a bit more like me, a little bit more like a, como un chicano, como un latino, que tiene la raza del indio, del indígena. That's what they want you to believe, that all of us don't have the propensity to do wrong, Right? So they put that propensity to do wrong on a few people And then the rest of the population is fooled into believing that You don't expect certain things out of certain people As opposed to looking at people as humans All capable of doing good things and bad things Based on just being humans So They the, the, the Attack on the capital the seditious act on the Capitol, the insurrection on the capital, is a direct response to, what again? Profiling. Racial profiling. And it proved how insidiously silly racial profiling is. Because, like I think I said on a previous program, uh, people who really understand humanity, they say, okay, we know humans have this failure. So if we want to go rip off stores, we go in pairs. Black guy, white guy. The black guy goes in the store, he knows he's going to be followed all around, and the white guy just cleaned him up. Most of the, the shoplifting in this country, as, as opposed to what people may believe, isn't done by you-know-what. And that is, again, why racial profiling is so wrong. And what I'm saying, folks a lot of the ills in this country right now is, believe it or not, based on our false belief of what different people would do. So I mean, it behooves us, right, to start looking at society for what it is, looking at humanity for what it is, looking at us as all being the same based on socioeconomic issues. And if we do that, we can really have a better America. Now, um, I have a, a, a friend that called me up. Well, let me go ahead and play that. Let's see what time is it, 3.17? Yeah, let me go ahead and play that video. Uh, I tell you what, which one I'll do first? I'll do the one with Anand Bat first, Dr. Bat. Dr. Bat kind of uh, impressed me with a story about reconstruction that I wasn't quite aware of. And I think this is, this is the issue. I always tell people that what we have to do as a society is give everybody the opportunity to make a mistake. But not only that, we also have to remember that if we, if we respond to racism like everybody else, we have allowed the plutocracy to win because racism has been a tool used to keep us apart so that a very minor few can stay in power, can control us all. I want you to listen to Anand Bhatt, and then we'll take it on the other side. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. Today, I am once again with Dr. Anand Bhatt.
3: I read a book before I came down here called Origins of the New South right. uh, by C. Van Woodward. He wrote a book also called, um, uh, uh, what is it called? The Strange Career of Jim Crow. It actually, Martin Luther King quoted it at his speech in Selma. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very interesting. The story of segregation and why segregation happened is actually more complicated than people want to admit. And what happened was segregation and Jim Crow didn't happen immediately after the Civil War. It actually happened about 30 years later. Uh, uh, It happened actually around 1900 because what happened was the two party system, the Republicans were the national party and the Northern party and they were occupying the South. And what happened is the South after slavery was dirt poor, had no money had nothing to tax because they actually taxed the slaves. And now there was no slavery. There was no, no money to tax. The amount of money and the federal government didn't support schools. So the poorest state in the North was Kansas. And it was like $1,300 per year was the annual income in 1900. The average Southern state was like $350 per capita. Wow. So you're talking about Latin. I mean, I, I want to know, I would w- like to know in 1900, was Louisiana as poor as Latin America? It might've been, it might've been. I'm not convinced people went to school in Louisiana until the 30s or 40s. Right. So anyway, what happened was the populist movement, and this is what Thomas Frank is now writing a lot more about in his new book. But what happened was, at a certain point, the poor whites were going third party. They were going for the populist party or the farmer's party or greenback party. They had a bunch of parties, but they were non-Democrat. They were upset. They wouldn't go Republican because of the Civil War, but they were non-Democrat and they were independent. And the the rich former slave owners owned the Democratic Party who were allied with Wall Street in New York. So the Southern, if you notice, between the Civil War and 1920, every single presidential candidate was from New York or Ohio Mm -hmm. because those were the only two swing states because New York City was still democratic. Even during the Civil War era, New York City supported slavery. That's what people don't realize. Mm -hmm. New York City supported slavery.
0: Introducing touch free payments from PayPal. A safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll
1: take two tomatoes and a
0: poodle pamperer,
1: <laughs>
0: piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch free payments for your business is easy touch free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. And they were allied with the Southern Democrats and they used to provide the money. So you have a very Latin America
3: situation where you have the elite rich are more connected to New York City and big finance than they are with their local people, which is how any of Latin America or Africa or Asia is. They're more tied in with London or Madrid or Paris than they are with their own people. So the South, uh, uh, so the farmers movement began to get more and more radical in the South. And they realized as long as uh, what was happening is the blacks were still Republican. And now because they were still Republican, they were kind of swing between sometimes Democrats, sometimes Republican, but they were still Republican. Then the populist party got the idea specifically in Georgia, there was a guy named um, Tom Watson. And he's a very interesting person. And he, he wrote, he gave a famous speech that said, we must reach out to the poor black farmers as poor white farmers. And racism is used by the rich whites to separate us and rob us separately. This is said by Tom Watson in like 1892. Wow,
1: that is that is a mad, that is, we preach that all the time. That is well, that's yes, where the separation comes, yeah.
3: Yes, and what happened is the Southern, and what happened is the populace fused with the black Republicans creating something called the Fusion Party. Mm-hmm. And in North Carolina, they won the governorship and the legislature, legislature the Democrats went on a lynching campaign, a white supremacy campaign, and then they wrote in 1900, not in 1870, not in 1880, not in 1890, in 1900, after the United States took Puerto Rico, okay? And once the North now had non-white people they didn't want to vote, okay? Then they said, well, you know, we don't want these minorities to vote and they passed all these Jim Crow constitutions, but it was two ways. didn't want blacks to vote so they passed laws for that but they didn't want the poor whites to vote either so they made the poll tax actually texas didn't even have the ban on blacks voting it was just the poll tax texas actually the civil the voting rights act of 1965 actually did not apply to texas Mm -hmm. texas was added to the voting rights act because of spanish language discrimination not because they did not ban vote by race in texas it was just the poll tax and the poll tax So the voter rolls in Georgia went from like 100,000 to 10,000, which meant it wasn't just blacks being disenfranchised. It was whites as well. But segregation it was the
1: right kind of whites. And that's what I try to tell people all of the times. Yes.
3: And, and, And that is and this is the root of this is why Jim Crow happened. It actually happened for class reasons. It came because when the solution has been the same since 1892, it's the same solution. Poor whites and poor blacks have to unite. What Tom Watson said then is still true today. And the one time it got close, the elites flipped out. And that's how Jim Crow happened. That's-
1: and with that, that is, our second, that is our second piece. Thank you very much, Dr. Bat, for that <laughs> little historical lesson, which I think many uh, probably need to know. Because once they know that, more of us can get together and win.
3: Yes. I mean, read Tom Frank's new book. He actually has gone into the whole thing. When that did it start?
1: Of... When did that book come out?
3: Thomas Frank, book. What's the Matter with Kansas? His I new saw that. Book, that's,
1: that's old. That's old. His new book is called The People Know. When did he and release that one? This year. This year. Okay. And he, uh, he talks about it because he was
3: very upset. People keep saying populist means racist. And he says, in America, that's, that's 100% not true. And then he actually went into the history of it. and He says, actually the populists at that time frame were probably the least racist people right. in America.
1: Thank you so kindly for having been here on Politics Done Right. As usual, you <laughs> you young man always have a word of wisdom. Thank you so kindly for being here, brother.
3: Great to be here.
1: Okay, and and then- And, you know, what Anand just talked about, you know, it it gives a hell of a lot more credence to what we say constantly, to what we say over and over and over again. Racism is a tool, and that tool is used to make people, to put it bluntly, stupid. What do I mean by that? if we are fighting each other i keep telling this and i will repeat this on every show and i will continue to say these things with the expectation with the begging that people will be listening to the words that i'm saying here um it is a tool it it is a tool it is a tool and you know we can have all kinds of this person says this because the bottom line of it is it is a tool of the elite and until we realize that uh, those people that are that were rushing the capital was saying that these Democrats are, you know, taking their country away and doing the things that they're doing, and the policies that the, that these Democrats want to pass. For all those people that came from West Virginia and Ohio and the rural areas of Michigan and, and Minnesota and all these other places, their lives are going to be better if they had overthrown the government. And somehow Donald Trump was able to stay in power. At that point, Donald Trump would have owed them nothing. Because, you know, Donald Trump, he's transactional. Get me here and bye-bye. That is what what—that is what we are up against, people. And that is why everybody that's listening to the voice here, I don't care who you are, black, white, blue, Canadian, whatever you are, Let's not fall into that trap. Let's not only not fall into that trap, but let's try to not talk to the choir. Let's try to, the next person that calls you a name, if you're a, if you're a pre- person of color and somebody used something, some negative attribute on you, as opposed to turning around and slapping back or hitting them back, smile. I know it's hard. Smile. And then see if you can get into a conversation. Ask them why they feel that way and ask them to explain what it is that you have done, others have done that make them you know kind of feel that way. Let just let them talk, don't say just let them talk. Give them a chance to just say the things and give them that space to say the things. I've done that so many times, it hurts. I've done that so many, even here on air when people call and say certain things. And why am I saying this? Because the mind gets into several states and when it's in the irrational state it, you know you can't get to it at all but when that person is talking to you and you know and you're not going back at them the amount of the amount of stuff that gets out there actually works and i know a lot of people say you're naive these people are wired that way and i mean there's certain there's a certain truth to a certain part of wiring right but those same people You know, they care about their kids. They care about others. Some maybe not as much as you do. Some maybe a little bit more. So it it drives me. When I'm seeing, I am seeing all the money that is spent to protect the capital. I'm looking at it at TV right now. I'm looking at all those people that rushed that capital. Some of them are going to die from COVID. I'm watching those people. You don't do that kind of stuff if you don't believe, if you're not convinced that what you're doing is right. You don't do that kind of stuff. These people are not... These people, there's a problem. And the fact that you're here and you're listening to me and you're hearing these things, we are the solution. We are the solution. Some people say, just blow them up and lock them up. For some of them, we got to do that. For some of them, including, you know, there, if, if, if you look at the different levels of conservatives we have in, our, not conservatives, but conservatives and right-wingers we have in our thread here. There are some people that have no desire other than looking tunnel vision, even if it'll kill them, even if it'll hurt them. They just want to believe what they want to believe. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about those people who legitimately, legitimately believe the things that have been placed in their minds. Those are the people that we can get to. Now, some of them here are like, oh, they, you know, for everything you say, they, they have a pushback. Others would say, well, you know, I I kind of I don't know, but I'm a conservative. I don't care about that. That's fine. If you're conservative, all of that is good stuff. All of that's fine. But I want you to see how realization occurs. I want to play you a, another video. It's a friend of mine, and... Uh, She made a realization of her own prejudices. And I think it's important for you to see. But since we're already at the halfway mark, I just want to ask you that if you're on YouTube, please join our posse. Click on that Join button and become a part of our posse. Or if you are so kind to do so, give us a super chat to keep us doing what we're doing. If you're not on YouTube and you can't hit that Join button, I can get you to that Join button. You can go ahead and click uh, Politicsunright.com slash YouTube. Politicsunright.com slash YouTube. And if you do that, you'll get to the PDR posse named by the one and only Bridge MCP, one of our devoted listeners, supporters. I love you, Bridge. Thank you for all you do for Politics Done Right as well. You can also support us via our Patreon. Patreon is at PoliticsUnright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P A T R E O N P A. T-R-E-O And politicsandright.com Slash patron You can support us as well Via PayPal All of us who do this kind of work We do PayPal So that is Politicsandright.com Slash PayPal Politicsandright.com Slash PayPal Folks uh, Is there anything else that I'm missing? Oh my book My book Please get It's worth it How to talk to your right wing Family Relatives Friends And Neighbors, how do you get that? You can get it directly on Amazon, either the e-copy or get it right out, the book. And that is how you get it. I shipped a a few of them yesterday, hard copy with uh, autograph as well as with my bumper sticker and some other stuff in there. But again, if you want to get it at Amazon, the only thing you don't get at Amazon is you don't get a bumper sticker and you don't get the signature that says, hey, that's me. But again, I... You can get it at Amazon, and you can get any one of my books at Amazon, either as uh, this one here, as I see it, the one that talks economics and how the rich has really screwed us and used the right wing to do so. And my weight loss book is there as well. So please support us. Our store is at store. You can get our T-shirts or hoodies, all of that. If you're on YouTube, you can get our T-shirts, hoodies, and all of that as well. Okay, let's get back to the program. Like I said, like I said, Um, race is something that we spend too much money on. We could have spent a hell of a lot of money on things that are productive. And it's all because we have to keep the lower people divided so that a very minute few can get ahead. The 0.1%, then you have the 1% that does very, very well. The 2% that does super well. And then you have the 10% that I call the guardians of the gate. The ones who make sure that things are, that there are enough of those people. There's enough of those people So that uh, they guard everything for everybody else. And they make sure to keep the narrative racist, keep the division by race, division by, you know, all these different divisions that we try to have among people. Not real divisions, divisions created to make sure that a few stay in power. But check this out, interview with a friend of mine uh, when she uh, realized a few of her prejudices. Check this out and we'll take it on the other side. A few days ago, a friend of mine sent me a text. Their church was starting to create sort of a social justice program, and she wanted to have a chat on, and she wanted to have an honest chat on racial issues, et cetera. So she gave me, uh, we, we arranged a Zoom call, because again, it's, you know, the times that we're in. And we decided to have an, an honest chat. And there's some segments in there that I thought uh, we could, broadcast that would add some positivity to what's going on right now and i asked her for permission to take a few clips out of the conversation that we had and bring it on to you so i want you guys to listen to this uh honest conversation and then let's take it on the other side
4: it it came to me through some of these studies we're doing you know and and i thought You know, and they'd talk about this and my friends would say, no, yeah, I know. And everybody was acting so like, I'm so innocent of all of this. Mm -hmm. And I kept, I kept thinking about it on my own and meditating and and praying about it. It is not possible that I grew up white in the South Mm -hmm. and not have any racism in here right it's, just not possible. it's not
1: possible and you know th- th- so i th-
4: kept looking and i couldn't find it and i right. couldn't find it right and i finally did
1: right and you, you know, want I- to know
4: what it was you what know, it you was want to know?
1: i really want to know
4: it's where it's neighborhoods i love living in a diverse community because i enjoy a diversity of people uh, from ev- from everywhere rich and poor and all this kind of stuff. I live that way in Brazil. I like living. I I enjoy being in that kind of a city here, although Kingwood's not that. Um, But you know where I would be uncomfortable? Where? If people of color became the majority Mm -hmm. in that neighborhood and I were the minority. Now, why is that? I'm still uncovering why is that? But it has something to do with that power, right?
1: It has something to do with the power and something else too, right? How the news media, how the TV has programmed you to believe that being uh, in an area that is majority, minority, what it actually means. Mm
4: -hmm. Mm
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, and, and what do you think about that? What, what are you doing about that?
4: What am I doing about it?
1: Yeah. About those feelings.
4: I'm processing them. And I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, well, why do I feel that way? You know, I keep asking the why question when I'm trying to understand myself. Mm-hmm. Why do I feel that way? Well, because I found two. I found one, because what you say that, you know, property values go down this, you know, you know, all that. Right. But the other one is,
1: I mean, it, it, the, the thing about it is, doesn't it have something to do with how you grew up?
4: Oh, well, yeah, it has to do with what I grew up, but I don't feel like I should be chained to the way I grew up. Right. I am perfectly capable of breaking those chains but i have to understand what they are right before i can do it so so that's that's part of it that's part of it oh i know what it was i was going to say it's because i i'm afraid i would not be accepted in that community in a minority of people of color community. I am afraid they might not accept me.
1: Do you think a lot of your peers feel that way?
4: I think they probably do. And also from little bits of things people have said, I think they also wonder.
2: This
1: message is sponsored by Amazon.
2: I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my
1: grandbabies, making Sunday dinner,
2: I am Loki, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. On June 9th, Marvel Studios Loki arrives on Disney Plus.
0: Loki is insubordinate, stubborn, unpredictable.
2: What did you expect? Marvel Studios Loki, Wednesday, June 9th on Disney Plus.
4: Well, we've treated the blacks so badly for so many years. If they got power or they had control of things that were happening, would they go for revenge? I think some people actually think of it that way.
1: And you know what? I've said that before, I, but, but but you saying it without me even uh, bringing that up uh, gives that even more credence.
4: Yeah, yeah, I I, I think that's right. But, Egberto, it it took me weeks of introspection to dig that stuff out it's hard it's hard work yeah it is i don't know but i you know i don't want to be that way
1: <laughs> no 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 it's it's not about you know something that testimony there yeah it's more powerful in bringing those people we spoke about elsewhere that think racially they don't have a problem
0: Mm-hmm.
1: when I've known you for years and you've always been trying to make things better and whatever, and you could come out here and tell me that story. And then we are talking about you.
4: Yeah. Me.
1: When I'm talking about this sort of issue,
4: uh-huh. and
1: I did this in my book. The first thing I did is I showed my own weaknesses. Okay. So when I'm telling my story, I tell the story about how I transitioned from being a homophobe on a flight to China And came back a gay rights activist. Okay? And it showed that I had a an illness. Because
4: part of the digging out the truth, right?
1: That is digging out the truth. You know what? That kind when you when you talk like that, you give others permission to do to examine themselves because no longer do they feel like they're alone with those thoughts right and that's what i'm talking about well
4: that's probably right you I just feel i feel inadequate to this i want to do it and i feel inadequate
1: you like know? you know no that's not it that's not <laughs> inadequate that is power <laughs> that that i mean that is how change you remember what i told you about earlier i said people need to stop making it a project and just and that's why i like to talk and just talk about it yeah that is what i'm talking The only way we get change is for people to do two things. Be able to be honest with their thoughts, honest with the way they think about things. And when it comes to racism, racial issues or prejudices, you have to be able to articulate them without the fear of being completely judged, excommunicated or whatever. Because that is how you feel, right? What I always tell people is simple. We all grew up with certain types of prejudices, whether that's racism, homophobia, etc. When you learn what your weaknesses are, the person who's doing something about it deserves the encouragement and the kudos. The person that decides that they can live with their own prejudices and have no desire for change, those are the ones that deserve the wrath of us all. But for everybody, we are humans all trying to change, all trying to adapt. If we work towards that, folks that continue to try to divide on issues that should not allow division can actually get somewhere. And we can actually, uh, we can actually remove prejudices from one of the problems that uh, we need to solve. Because after all, they really don't make much sense when it comes to humanity. They just really don't. Let let me let me say this. Um, that was a, a, a an easy conversation, right? Um, we that was a private conversation, and after I heard the way she said certain things and whatever, I thought letting other people hear a private conversation of this sort would give one, would give some the permission to feel okay to reveal these things with people they trust so that they can with themselves resolve these issues and then come out and just be a a virus, a virus of goodness, right? A virus that goes out there and when you're with your other racist white friends, you can say, no, you, you, you can actually have that, that level of communication after because you're you are empowered. Notice I told her, you've got power by being able to be re- introspective and put that out. You've got power. So it, it was a personal conversation. And then as we went on, I said, wow, there are three minutes in there that I think would be positive in, in the aggregate. Would you allow me to put that out? And then she stopped for a while and she said, um, you really think it'll do good? And I said, yeah. And then she said, okay, go do it. That comes from a level of mutual trust that somebody say, okay, I, a conversation that should have been private all along, it's Zoom, so and my Zoom is always on tape. Uh, it is about that. Okay, Lee Grant says, I guess the left will still be maintaining racism for the time being. Lee, you and I need to have that kind of a private, personal talk. Because one of the things that she said earlier, in another part of the interview that I didn't put out, because again, like I said, I just told her that piece there is a piece of our private conversation that I think would do good. But here is what I am saying. To you, Brother Lee What she was saying is Most of the the white people That she associates herself with When she brings up the race issue To them It is, we don't have a race issue We are just fine And I even revealed to her A story of mine I had this guy that I went uh, Another engineer, we worked together And he was always trying to be And this was back in the 80s he wanted to show me how real, how he believed that all of us are equal, all that good stuff, right And one time I kind of got I, I thought he was pushing that too much when he was talking to me, and I said, and I think I told some of you this story before I said, "Look, you know when I'm going to know if, if all that you're talking about is real?" and this blue-eyed blonde daughters, right I said. When, you're too, when your when your blue eyed blonde daughter comes home with like somebody who looks like me or somebody who looks like my 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 brother in law or something like that, meaning a, a, a Mexican dude, then I will uh, I, w- I will then say that maybe just maybe you really you know you've really crossed the Rubicon like I have with with gay issues. You know I was a homophobe man. You know that's I come from Panama, Latino, Caribbean, black. We have that sort of a thing anyhow he smirked he smirked then he said one of my daughters dating a black guy and the other daughter is dating a Mexican guy and I'm like sir I stand corrected forgive me sir forgive me sir that is why we don't what did I talk about earlier profile that is why we don't profile and you know, I learned my own lesson, right? Because I, I, those are the kinds of real life experiences that teaches me, you know, you don't, you don't judge. Even though I am in, I am of the aggrieved class, right? I get, I get to carry that license to be aggrieved, and that's what pisses off a lot of white people, right? I can I, re- I why can't I do that? Well, you're not the aggrieved, you know. Uh, you, 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 you and I go into the store. You get the service. I get. The second class, you know. And, but, you have to be very careful until we get all these these things put together. And again, it's because we haven't put all this stuff together that we have what we had in D.C. And the reason we haven't yet put it together is because the powers that be are intent. They are intent White supremacy isn't about white people White supremacy is the tool White supremacy is the tool That makes some white people Feel superior to everything else And believe it has to be a white class To keep others down So that your masters The plutocracy Can keep us all down All you are Those white supremacists That went out to the capital Half of them are poor Half of them are sick. Half, and I'm not only talking mentally sick. I'm talking about physically. Because of what the plutocracy has done with their health care. Because of what the plutocracy has done to their education. They're in bad shape. But they're, they're protecting because of that thing called white privilege, white supremacy. And it's not for them. They're in the same boat as most of us. Yeah, you go to the restaurant, you get better treatment, you know, you you don't get profiled. But even not getting profiled screws you. Because you're still paying for what the people who didn't get profiled, the bad things they do. Which is a lot worse and more than those who are profiled. Because those who are profiled don't get a chance to do it. So that is how silly racism and all these isms are. That is how silly it is, and those of you that are listening to me, both whether you're on the right or on the left, and you know, being on the right doesn't mean racist, and being on the left doesn't mean that you're not racist, because I'm going to be honest with you, I go to my to my my progressive uh, blogging consortium where we meet all the politicians and all of them run to make sure that we write good things about them and uh, and every year we meet over 3,000 bloggers, reporters, journalists we meet in one place and I tell you some of the worst racism I have felt as a as a journalist, blogger uh, with this sort of a stuff, I met there. Right-wingers are always trying to show me that they're not racist, so I get better treatment from them generally when I go to their things. Left-wingers, oh, we're not racist, but we are. So I understand all the technicalities, and, and Brother Grant, who's a conservative, I want you to know I understand it. But I also want you to know that there's a, there are likely a lot of racial issues. I'm assuming you're white. There are a lot of racial issues that you mer- yourself may have not as a conservative, just as a person based on your 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 thinkology that makes you, you know, to put it bluntly, just as racist as anybody else. And until you confront that, like my good friend, nothing changes. Nothing changes. Let me go through and salute all my brothers and sisters. I'm gonna start from the top. And then come down. So if, if I don't call your name by the time you see him get into the middle, just send me another note. Michael Rudnan, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see, AVQ. Bridge MCP. Norman Reynolds. Eric Hayes. Uh, see, I got, I got a lot of conservatives in this room, man. Uh, Bridge MCP. Richie Smith. Uh, Daniel Ledoe Paul Fleming. Uh, Norman Reynolds, I think I called you. Julie Van Ostel, Welcome aboard. Uh, Lee Grant. Lee Grant, I think you're in Houston, right Lee? You and I are going to go ahead and get some coffee, brother We got some scoring up to do, brother So Lee Grant, as soon as this epidemic is over If you're in here in Houston, you can come to Kingwood And we're going to have ourselves a cup of coffee, brother Alright, uh, Daniel Ledoe, welcome aboard Roberto Luis, mi hermano de Panama Julie Henderson, uh, let's see uh, and then I'm going to go back and see some of the messages, but I just want to salute people. Julie Henderson, welcome aboard. Daniel Ladoe, Norman Reynolds, I got you, I got you. Julie Van Dostel, I got Ken Mack, welcome aboard. Uh, see, who else is here? Blair Hafley, welcome aboard. Just me, welcome aboard. Julie Henderson, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see, I got just me, who's been in a good conversation. Uh, let's see what else we got here. I'm scrolling down I'm almost there I know I'm in the middle, middle there Julia Henderson I think I got Jacobi G Como estas mi hermano Como estas The duck I love the name The duck that quacks And D-Rabbit White What is D-Rabbit White? Come on, you got to explain some stuff like that to me uh, By the way, I listened to that The White Pride video that you sent me uh, Bridge MCP The guy was on point He was on point uh, Let's see Jacoby G, I think I got you. Eric Hayes, I got you. Coming down, coming down. Roberto Luis, I got you. And any new person? Come on, folks. If you're new, just put yourself at the bottom of the list or just put yourself in there and I will call you out. Okay. Eric Hayes says you can still drink coffee outside and get some vitamin D from the sun, too. Yeah, man. And you know, guess what else, man? I think I need a little bit more sun than you, man, because, you know, sun takes a little bit more time to penetrate me to give me the vitamin D. Maybe that's why I'm so damn tired lately. Need some vitamin – does, does vitamin D deficiency make you – I don't know. Anyhow. All right. Let me see what some of you are saying. Uh, yeah, Eric. So hi. thank you for being here, Eric Hayes. Eric Hayes is one of our, our brother conservatives here. Good guy. Very good guy. I can tell you that. Just like Lee Grant's good guy. I, you know, you have good conservatives around, man. Um, Okay, the duck that quacks says No generalization is 100% accurate Except Trompolini is a born creep The duck that quacks, be nice Be nice Bridge MCP says Being gay, I was always told it was okay Just that I was going to hell (laughs) Let me tell you something If you believe in hell That's not a reason to go to hell Okay, so I don't think so at all I don't think so at all all right, uh, yes, D, hence why blacks have a hard time with COVID. Yeah, we need the D, man. Got to take those supplements. The melanin blocks out a lot of those rays, you know. It's a double-edged sword. You get less skin cancer, but you get less vitamin D, hey, you know. I think Mother Nature says, okay, if you're near the equator, this is what you got to do. So it's just... Brian Miner, growing up in an all-white region, racism is spoken and children do not know it. So it is taught unknowingly. Brian, uh, thank you. You hit the nail on the head. Rodnin says there was a study indicating vitamin D deficiency makes COVID cases worse. Check with your doctor. Ask them for a vitamin panel. Couldn't hurt. Thank you for thank you for that information. So all my black listeners, Michael Rodnin found some good information. Check it out. Check out the link that he has um, that he has there. Okay, let's see. Paul says here is the thing that I find funny. My parents and grandparents never had a problem with what race of women I've dated? Concretely, I've been told that I would be hung if I was seen with their <laughs> daughter. That is a I, that's I was explaining that to the, uh, the the lady that I interviewed when she said that uh, one of the things she was concerned about was two things: what acceptance by the com- by the minority community, or whether they would treat her the way she know white people had treated black folk. And it's amazing that you just said that. What I told her is go to a black church and see the treatment that you get, conversely with a black person going into a white church. Um, I, I, I And I'm not talking about all white church. Of course, you can't generalize, right? But when white people go into black spaces, uh, there is a certain mechanism that occurs. Uh, and you see there, there's, there's a cocoon that goes around them to make sure to protect them, first of all. And secondly, uh, the, the, the feelings are always in general, and, and this has been mostly with the older crowd, with the newer crowd now, they're just pissed off. I'm going to just say that. A lot of the newer, the younger people, they're pissed off that uh, we've been so generous for having been treated so badly. So, uh, so there's a different dynamics that's going on right now. And, and some of the work that I'm doing is to start to mitigate some of that dynamics to say, hey, we don't want to keep going back into a seesaw modal. You know, we want, we, want to, we want to open the door for everybody on all sides. Uh, let me see what else. Let me go back up and see. I saw some other good messages that I wanted. Well, all of them are good, but you know what I mean. Lee Grant, everyone has a tad of some sort of preconception, but knowing others or getting to know others, opening up, people are the same. Right. Bridge MCP. That's perfect. We all have our preconceptions. What you have to do is you have to give people the opportunity To let them out without feeling that they're... You remember yesterday we talked... Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. We talked about cancel uh, culture. And Norman's castigated me for using cancel culture on the left side. But I I want to remain using it since people understand what it is said. People need to understand that if I come and I talk to you, and I'm honest, you know I'm your friend, and I just say something that is stupid, something that is insensitive, tell me, Egberta, that was a stupid statement. That was insensitive, and that was based on complete idiocy. I would look at you and tell you, "Oops, I'm sorry. I'll try not to make that mistake again." I notice I didn't say I won't make the mistake again. I'll try not to make the mistake again. Why? That's that, that thing in the back of your head, man. That that kind of a muscle memory in the brain. I read that people with O plus uh, do better. Yeah, I've got O, so in, I mean, I hope that is okay as well. All right, let's see, let's see, uh, something about, I saw something, uh, great show EW, cuidado hermano, take care of yourself, thank you Jacobi G, uh, let's see, Michael Rudnan says, there, no, that's, I read that already, uh, Paul Fleming says, here's the thing, I saw that one, There's a good one here. Thank you so much. It's hard from Norman Reynolds. Thanks so much. It is hard to see the glasses, your culture and upbringing. You're wearing when looking at the world around you. Looking in may not be the right way to look. Either someone else is your mirror or you take chances and see the stuff like bugs that slap against the glasses. I love the way you express that. I love the way you express that, Norman. Norman also has an article that's going to be Posted. I haven't read it yet, but if it comes from Norman, it gets posted. And any of you guys that want to write articles of expression or say something, please feel free to send them to me. And uh, you know, I reserve the right to kind of make a few, you know, if there is some grammar stuff or whatever that I have to change to put it on the website. But I I, I want you guys to really know that this is your platform. And if you have something to say. Uh, I want you to know that you can come out on our platform and say whatever the hell you want to say because it is yours. Uh, it is important to understand that. That's, that is what I believe. Uh, Fleming says, When I married a black woman, my mother told me she never thought I would. <laughs> the one that wanted me the most uh, won or lost. <laughs> that is funny. I know what you mean, man. I went, I went to the University of Texas. When I went to the University of Texas, I was like a raisin in a big bowl of milks. So you see uh, what was about, in, at that time, what was my only dating opportunity. So I know the feeling, Brother Fleming. Uh, let's see. Let us discuss comparisons of the right, its non-democratic behaviors combined with the evangelical support and ISIS, especially considering the need of the National Guard for us to transfer power. By the way, we cannot say what. We have always had peaceful transfer of power. Norman Reynolds, you got that right. Okay, folks, uh, we got to get out of here. Please remember, consider getting my book. I'm going to put that link in there again. It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. Here is the link. You can get it at at, uh, Amazon there, or if you want to get it at my store, where you get an autographed copy with a bumper sticker, you can go ahead and get it at my store. Please consider supporting support by either becoming a member uh, by clicking that Join button on YouTube, That will help us out a lot. We do it cheap, 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 cheap because we want thousands of people. We're not there even close yet, but we need you. Uh, Please go to politicsandright.com slash PayPal to provide support as well or politicsandright.com slash Patreon if you want to become a patron of ours. We have a lot of opportunities to help us continue to put this message out. I want to thank you guys so kindly. I know you have the opportunity, you have the options to go and listen or go anywhere The fact that you're here with me I am genuinely honored Thank you so kindly for being here My name is Egberto Willis This is Politics Done Right And you know how I end this baby I am what? Out!